0: Hey, everybody. This is Brad Williams, and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see Him for who He is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching, and we look forward to seeing you in person soon.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B4 Church podcast. This is your host, Ashley, and I just want to invite you to the second part of this conversation that we're having with Dr. AJ Swoboda. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, we talked a little bit about his book, After Doubt, which is all about Christians experiencing doubt and this process of deconstruction. If you didn't listen to that episode, I would encourage you to do that, but just to catch up to speed, we just talked a little bit about how doubt necess- isn't necessarily a bad thing, but can actually help us grow in our faith and refine our faith. This week, we continue our conversation just talking a little bit about how uh, this process of deconstruction is something that's happening not just in young people, but also in older people as well. The role that politics and politicization of our society has kind of impacted this and a little bit about how we can best prepare our kids to experience life out in the world to keep them from walking away from our faith. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. AJ Swoboda.
2: Is it only young people that are facing no, this problem of deconstruction? No. Yeah, and, and this is this is a this is a general
0: this is a this is not an age specific issue. And and actually, it, it we do a lot of disservice to maybe older people that are wrestling with this stuff because it shames them as though, "Well, you should have figured this stuff out earlier." I mean, if I'm if I'm honest with you, I mean, this is a podcast; you can edit this out if you need to. <laughs>
1: Probably
0: not. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people are struggling to understand what it means to follow Jesus uh, after um, our our the the Trump presidency.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: because I think that when you when we've seen people proclaim to be followers of Jesus and the ways that they've lived betray the gospel so violently, yeah. how do you in any way shape or form identify with that group of people? Yeah. And I I I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I have ever met somebody who walked away from Christianity because they had some liberal professor that showed them the Bible was wrong. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I would say 99% of people that I know that have walked away from Jesus have done so because they were violently offended or hurt by God's people.
2: Mm -hmm. And I'm not shaming us. This is our, this is us. It's me. We're having a family conversation here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, this is this is me. I I personally know two people that I've wounded so greatly. Um, that I I mean we we've all botched it. Yeah. Right. We all have. Right. Um but in an era like character, matters. <laughs> character <laughs> matters. And when you say you love Jesus and you don't have it, you make Jesus look really bad. Mm-hmm. We all do. I do that. We all do that. Yeah. No, this is not age-specific. No, no.
2: Yeah, it's actually interesting. I was talking to Ashley a a little bit about this reality. I think one of the things we're facing is some of the older generations are now being told, um, maybe for the first time in their life, that what they have believed for a long time is wrong. Mm You know, um, We had uh, an experience recently where we uh, had a conversation with somebody, and maybe we have to edit this out too, but uh, who- (laughs) You know, was really bummed we weren't doing a whole service around the National Day of Prayer, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this idea of Christian nationalism and different things like that. And it was the first time in their life they had heard that. This had been a sacred day for them for many times. We agree it's important that we pray for our nation, but it was the first time they had heard the idea of Christian nationalism ever in their life. And so, in a way, we were telling them there were things they need to deconstruct. But there's a lot of fear in that. Mm-hmm. and um the fear in the process that maybe the the ground that i'm standing on is a little more shaky than i thought can you speak to that a little bit oh
0: man uh, so so what is our goal our our goal we've got to name what our goal is as a church is i mean if you can't name what we're what we exist for then then this conversation doesn't matter what's our goal our goal as a church is to radically follow Jesus Christ with every breath and Adam in our body. Everything is about following Jesus. Everything, no ifs, ands, or buts. That is our purpose, to yeah. worship and glorify God by following Jesus.
2: Yeah.
0: If I, <laughs> when I get to the point, where the words of Jesus mean less than the words of Tucker Carlson, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: there's a problem.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: When I get to the point when the Bible and what Jesus says is less important than what I hear on NPR, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: there's a problem. I am not called to be discipled by Fox news or CNN. I am called to be, I'm called to be a radical disciple of the ways of Jesus. And that means I need to strip everything away that is not about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that, is, that, of, that should offend every,
2: everyone mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> because we all clamor and cling to things that are contrary to that. Mm-hmm. Let me put it this way. One of the signs that you're actually following Jesus is that you realize that you've been wrong. Mm-hmm. I, one of my favorite things to ask my students, because I learn more of my students than anything else. When was the last time you were wrong about God? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If my student says, I've, I, I can't think of anything. Then my response is you're not a Christian yet. Wow. Because the sign that you're actually following Jesus is you're finding out there's some stuff in you. That's not of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or the, there's a bigger problem if they've never been wrong is actually what they think is God. And they worship their own ideas of God. Mm-hmm. There is no religion in the world that says the sign that you're on the right track is your willingness to admit you've been on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, Ron Mel, uh, this was quoted to me by uh, Steve Overman, who was who my pastor of the, my church in Eugene. He was in a room and somebody asked Ron Mel, why are you such a great leader? And Ron Mel apparently said, because I repent more than all of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good answer.
0: And I love the spirit of that. If you're afraid of being wrong, being a Christian is a bad option. Yeah. Because being a Christian is all about finding out you're wrong and leaving it and following Jesus. Yeah. It requires humility. It's hard. It's painful being stripped of lies. It's difficult.
1: Yeah, one of the things I really appreciated about your book was that you called out, and you were good at being very equal on this, of calling out progressive, liberal, and conservative, and Republican, and Democrat. How, kind of to what you were just speaking to, how can we have that humility within our church family of being able to call out ourselves, um, to have the humility, but to still be able to grasp onto some truth? What does that practically look like as we're interacting with the person in the pew next to us, do you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> my friend John Tyson, who lives in New York City, wrote an article in Christianity Today, I think a few months ago, and he made this, he argue, he was asked a very similar question as it relates to preaching. How do you handle this weird moment that we live in? And he said that the sign, everybody is either mm-hmm. committed to their ideology or God's kingdom. It's, it's like, you have to pick right. one. You want your ideology or do you want God's kingdom? And he says, he says, in, in our world we're, we we love our ideology more, way more than we love Jesus. We love our ideas and our and our concepts way more. And he says the sign, and I think he's absolutely right, the sign that you are bearing God's kingdom is when what you have to say and who you are offends everybody. Mm-hmm. So when when I talk about, for example, when I talk about the unborn, the lives of the unborn matter to God gravely. They, yeah. they they, are lives, They, unborn yeah. children can feel, they remember, they can cry in the womb. They are humans made in the image of God. Yeah. And when we kill one, it's murder. When I talk about that, because I follow Jesus and not ideology, I also need to say, it is wrong that there are children in cages at our border.
2: Yeah.
0: It is absolutely wrong. And it kills God's heart. Right. When I preach God's kingdom, all of a sudden, every liberal and conservative in the room is mad at me. <laughs> and I think that has to be the way we embody Jesus. The sign we're doing it right is everybody's offended.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and yet, at the same time, in a way that isn't rude, arrogant, mean-spirited, yeah. all of those things,
0: right? With gentleness, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Gentleness is a mark of the spirit's life. We're not rude about this. We're not harsh. We're kind and gentle. Yeah. But we have, you know, one. Yeah, we. I want Jesus, folks.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm just exhausted of trying to find ideology, of trying to follow ideology. It just doesn't fill the human soul cnn and fox news are really really bad answers to a really big question we desperately need the god of the universe yeah absolutely
2: um in your book, you talk a little bit about this process where a lot of young people are walking away from their faith because they're not being exposed to some of the bigger questions or even opposing worldviews as they're growing up. I'm raising three, soon to be four daughters. Um, you know, when to enter into those conversations about really significantly difficult things. Um, I don't have a lot of a model to follow, so I'm trying to learn as I go. Um, yeah, talk a little bit about how parents, other adults can be involved in that process, why it's important.
0: Parents and youth pastors. And you There's anybody in this room that serves young people? I, I think kind of two two immediate things come to mind. Um, the first is actually I actually remember sharing this at one point. I was at Beaverton uh, Foursquare. So for those that were in the room that fateful day, something like five years ago. My apologies for a repeated uh, and retweeted illustration. <laughs> uh, but the University of Arizona, a number of years ago, did this. They built this biodome out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, they right. spent like two billion dollars on this biodome, and they it's this completely enclosed space. There's, um, you know, it's covered in, in windows. The sun can come in. And they planted all these trees in the biodome. And after a couple of years, they noticed something very weird. These trees would grow up really fast and then just fall over. They would just grow <laughs> up and fall over. They couldn't figure it out. Is it not getting? Is there not enough, you know, carbon in the, in the soil? Is there not enough um, water? Is there not enough sun? They had all this stuff. There was, of course, one thing that, the, that a biodome doesn't have. There was no wind. And it turns out that when trees don't have wind, guess what they don't have to do? They don't have to plant. They don't have to have roots. It turns out in order for a tree to be healthy, it has to have wind. I'm going to tell you as, an, as a university professor, what happens every fall is a new class of students that were raised in churches and environments where they were protected from wind come to university. And after one year, they, their world is turned upside down because they had no idea what the real world was like and they just fall over. I see it all the time. <laughs> not in my classes because I love Jesus a lot and I'm, I'm there for him, but not every professor loves Jesus as much as I do. Um, the truth is we, there's a book written a couple years ago, uh, called the coddling of the American mind.
2: Yes, when we, when we book.
0: coddle kids,
2: yeah,
0: when we coddle kids and we don't introduce wind early on, um, they are extraordinarily susceptible to have no root system. Yeah. So, I think as leaders and as parents, <laughs> we need to make it harder for them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: We need to make faith a little harder for them. And I'm not saying that we're mean. I'm not saying that we blow them over. You know, we don't.
2: Yeah. 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 Go too far. No, I'm not saying no, that. No, no, no. But
0: when my son comes, here's, here's what I do. This is my personal approach. When my little boy comes to me, we have we, the greatest decision we made during COVID was we got a hot tub. We got like the last one in the <laughs> <future>. <laughs> bought this used hot tub, and it's and we did it because yeah. we knew we'd have a lot of time to just sit around and talk. So, um, we're one of my favorite things is when my son and I are in the hot tub, that is always when he asks us big questions about God in the Bible,
2: yeah.
0: and when he asks a really big question everything within me after he's done asking wants to get all apologetics on him. Like, well, this Mm -hmm. is, you know, the argument, why the thing the resurrection had to happen because these, I want to get really apologetic because that's natural. We want to give the answers, but I've learned that my son doesn't need that. He actually, what he needs is this, that when he asks a question, this is what I will say. He'll ask some big hairy question. And I will just say that is such a great question. And I have no idea what to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, here's why I do that. I'm not doing it. Be- I don't do that for every question.
2: Sure. Of yeah. course.
0: But from time to time, my son needs to know that my faith is real yeah. and I don't have all the answers. Yeah. And I don't want my son to think that his dad is the Bible answer guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His dad has a story and I struggle with doubt all the time. And I want my son to know, that you can follow Jesus and have struggles. Mm-hmm. And if I just give him all the answers all the time, he's going to think like, that's what following Jesus is about, but that's not the real world. Mm-hmm. I I think sometimes my son needs to hear me say, I don't know.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And even say stuff like that keeps me up at night too, son. Like he asked me, he found out about slavery two years ago right? He's a kid. Mm -hmm. When you're a seven-year-old, you find six-year-old, you find out about slavery, my goodness gracious. And I remember him saying to me, dad, why would God let that happen?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I owe it to my son to Mm -hmm. say, that is such an important question. And I lose sleep over it too. Mm -hmm. I'm with him in that. Because if I just pawned off some apologetics answer, that's not pushing him to grow. Mm -hmm. That's That's just teaching him that AJ's got the easy answer.
2: Well, and potentially someday he'll grow up, and if he can't reconcile that tension, he'll think something is either wrong with him or wrong with the faith you handed on to him, yes. because there's exactly. no space for it. Man, it,
0: it, it's not a mistake. the 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 word in in Hebrew, um, for the Holy Spirit, ruach, is the word for, is the word for wind. I I I consistently think that one of the greatest signs that the Spirit is doing. Good things in our life is that the winds are blown when 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 times are hard, God is making us deeper people yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah that's an important message to hear for for our parents, especially because I know it's for the right reason, or at least my motivation is to love my kid as best as I can, but ironically, it's not giving them everything they want, which is the best thing, right, or protecting them from everything. it's allowing them to experience that
1: yeah I I would say one of the things that I appreciated about your book was that it put language to some things that I felt of, I've struggled with doubts and whether it's been things in my own personal life or things that I've just seen in the world of how that same question of how would a good God allow X, Y, or Z to happen. And I think you saying and you pointing out, this is a common experience. Like people have been asking these questions for thousands of years. was really comforting for me personally. So if anybody's in that process, um, highly suggest AJ's book, but also while we have you here, we might as well ask um, if somebody's kind of walking through that journey, whether that's more on the doubt side or more of the deconstruction side, what are some practical suggestions that you have for them? Whether I know you talk about this in your book, but some practices or like, how can they help get to what you talk about as far as the reconstruction side of kind of building a new faith after walking through something a little shaky? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: A a couple of things immediately come to mind and I'm overjoyed to hear that just as you as a leader naming these things that that speaks volumes about you and I don't in any way shape or form nobody in this conversation is valorizing doubt or deconstruction. No. We're not trying to get people to do it but what when you walk through it what do you do and that's exactly mm-hmm. what we're what we're trying to articulate here you know i I would say a couple of things um first of all <laughs> the devil is so brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and when we walk through moments of doubt or we're beginning to question what we think and believe the, the demonic forces of evil love to add to that stuff, a lot of shame. And I think a lot of that shame unfortunately gets leveraged by Christians who make people feel bad for maybe not having enough faith or not, you know, you're not doing, doing this stuff right or whatnot. And I, I would say, first of all, That in those moments where you are experiencing doubt, you have got to understand, you have a book of 66 different collections of literature called the Bible about people who had the experience you're having. Yeah. We call it the cloud of witnesses. You are not alone. There is no shame in struggling with your faith. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. And don't ask, you don't need to ask, can I still be a Christian if I struggle? The answer is yes, you can follow Jesus in the midst of a struggle. Yeah. So first of all, no shame. Second of all, be really mindful about where you're getting content. <laughs> it turns out, I'm going to sound a little focused on the family here, but when you...
1: <laughs> you're allowed to do that.
0: When you spend all of your time listening to podcasts that are about deconstructing Christianity, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be shocked that you're deconstructing Christianity. It's okay to listen to those podcasts, but complement it with other people who are teaching you how to follow Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So balance out what you listen to, and just remember that like 99% of global Christianity that is not white and not affluent loves Jesus in a very different way than white Americans do
2: Yeah,
0: in that. Li- listen, listen to non-Western Christians, follow Jesus because they're the ones paying the massive price to follow Jesus in this world. Mm-hmm. Listen to people who are suffering for their faith. Balance your content out. And I would say thirdly, refuse, to embrace individualistic Christianity Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and have a friend, (laughs) someone who you can confess and name what's going on, but will point you to Jesus. That person needs to point you to Jesus. Not somebody who's going to take what you're saying and rip you to shreds and tell you, yeah, you're right. You should walk away. No. Someone who can listen to what you're saying, but who will not only listen, but push you to Jesus. And it is Thomas
2: Mm
0: -hmm. staying in the community for a week, staying in the community when you're struggling among people who will point you to the resurrected Christ. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with people who, if you are blind, will help you see by holding their hand. Yeah.
2: We are such a content driven society and there's no shortage of information out there. Um, and you can find anything that you want to agree with you or disagree with you. Uh, when I got serious about following Jesus, I had no idea where to start, and so I walked into a Borders bookstore. Do you remember those? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Those used and to exist. I walked to the Christian section. I was eighteen years old, and I didn't know what to do. I, I mean, yes, I was reading the Bible, but I didn't know who else I should read. And I kid you not, the the only thing I grabbed Dietrich Bonhoeffer's the cost of discipleship <laughs> and that was small. my introduction to Christian uh, you know Christian writing outside of the Bible um, and and I you know I had to learn a lot I had to unlearn a lot as a result of that yeah um, it you know created a level of intensity in me but all that to say, uh, I agree with that idea and I think it's super important but how do you know um, where to go how do you know like what to look for? what's the way to do that? Does that make sense? So you don't wander in borders and get the wrong book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least you, that wasn't the worst book pick yeah. you could have made.
2: <laughs> I could have gone to worse places. Let's just yeah, say that's
0: true. Bonhoeffer had what he called the Jesus test. And the Jesus test was, how do you know if something uh, was, was, was true or not? And, you know, there's, we could say a lot about this, but his basic point is, does it point to radical obedient exclusive faithfulness to Jesus or not mm. Mm. i mean that is first john 4 discernment does it acknowledge jesus or does it not don't tr- don't trust every spirit test the spirit and if the spirit does not point to jesus don't follow the spirit right don't follow that thing discernment is 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 learning to trust things that point to Jesus. And that, that that, listen, it is, it is possible to worship justice and forget to worship the God of justice. We're not Mm -hmm. being called to, we're not, the book of Hebrews says Jesus is better than angels. There's a reason because people were worshiping angels. Angels are good things. Angels aren't bad. The 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 allure in our world is that we stop worshiping God and we start worshiping good things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And our call, it's the Jesus test. Not does it point to good things. Does it point to exclusive radical obedience to Jesus or not?
2: Yeah. That's it. And from that, that means you just have to know Jesus. You How do you answer that question unless you're walking with reading and studying and you know, filled with the spirit because otherwise it could fit within my framework of who I think Jesus is. He's a white dude and he's a Republican. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then all of a sudden it's a, you've confirmed that idea, even if it isn't really who Jesus is.
0: I, I had a, I had a bit of a, there's, there's this guy years ago who, who said um, his name was Richard Niebuhr he once said, that God created us in his image. And we've been really good at returning the favor. Mm. <laughs> the sign that you are following Jesus is that Jesus disciplines you. Mm. I mean, that's, that's Hebrews through and through. Right. If, if the God that you worship tells you everything you're doing is great, it ain't God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So here's a sign that you know you're on the right track. You got somebody telling you you're on the wrong track.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's good. Well, as we uh, kind of wrap up our time.
1: Yes. um, Um, Is there anything that you would like? Like if people are interested, obviously we'll have the link to your book. Um, Is there anything in your podcast as well? Is there anything else? Any other places where people can follow you, see the stuff that you're doing?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure you can follow me on Twitter. I'm I'm on Twitter. And with the (laughs) podcast, I think, in faith and doubt is really, uh, I think, a helpful set yes. of uh, things, and, and certainly the book I would I would hope is useful for 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 some listeners. Um, but yeah, that really, ultimately, I'm grateful to the two of you because um, that 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 a church that I love as much as Beaverton Foursquare is having this conversation. It's so encouraging to me because if a church like Beaverton Foursquare can grasp a heart, catch a heart, and a vision for people wrestling with doubt and deconstruction you're just serving a bunch of future missionaries. God is with you. The spirit of God is with you. Go out of your way to say hi to that person sitting next to you in the pew and embrace them and get in their life and don't expect the pastors to do it all. Be the pastors. You are the priesthood.
1: That's good. good. That's really
2: good. Well, dude, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, I miss you, man. Miss running (laughs) into you at a Blazer game.
0: I indeed miss you. I miss preaching at Beaverton Foursquare and then <laughs> gut bombing at Five Guys right afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a Shake Shack now. So if you come back soon, you can go to Shake Shack. Yeah.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. That's, so good. That's
0: awesome. If you want to wait in line. I miss you too. God's grace and peace.
2: Yeah, you yeah. too, brother. We'll talk soon. Yeah.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. You got go it. Thank you. Take care, man.
1: Thanks for joining us for a conversation with Dr. AJ Swoboda. We really enjoyed our time with him. It was fun to be able to catch up with him. It's been a couple years since he's been here at B4, and we felt like he had a lot of really great things to say. We really we both really enjoyed his book as well. So if you enjoyed this conversation, we highly suggest that you check out his book, After Doubt, which you can find on Amazon or any other place where fine books are sold. Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of the B4 Church podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week. If you want to ensure that you join us next week, make sure sure that you get are subscribed to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify or iTunes and we'll see you next Tuesday.
0: Well, hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at b4church. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.